Greetings, God's beloved. Thanks for tuning in to Messages of Hope, the sermon podcast series from Living Hope Lutheran Church in downtown Las Vegas. This is our second week of the series on 1 Peter, the hope that is in you. And this week we're reading from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 9 and 19 through 25. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Grace and peace to you from God our Father in heaven and our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You have been born anew, not of perishable but of imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of God. I wanted us to hear that last verse from last week's reading as we continue our series on 1 Peter and the hope that is in you. Who has been born anew? You have been born anew. That's right. All of you, all y'all who hear this word, who have been blessed by this good news of Jesus Christ, who have been born anew. That's you. It's amazing stuff. It's countercultural too, because now we're not who we were. We're not what we used to be. Not what we seem to be. We are not the same, but changed, transformed through God's love and the Holy Spirit given to us. Born anew. Maybe... Maybe that makes you think about some different things. Maybe it reminds us of Nicodemus, who asked Jesus what what this was all about. What do you mean I've got to be born again or born from above? A new life we have in Christ Jesus. Maybe it makes you think about that. Maybe there was a time where you didn't know about Jesus and what this freedom in Christ means for you. And you get to learn this, who you have been called and created to be, and you find out, maybe you forget during the week and you come back here and you get to hear it again. So I want to remind you, you have been born anew. We have been changed. We are brand new, given a new birth into a living hope. There's a problem, though, because I don't always feel brand new. I must be a work in progress, I guess. And hope, we talked about this last week too, right? Hope can run low. True, our expectation of what Christ will do is helpful, but what about what I'm facing in the meantime? What I'm going through right now, what I'm feeling and struggling with? It's hot out there this week, right? I guess we should expect that. It is, uh, it is July in Las Vegas. Uh, it seems to catch us off guard most every year. But folks, we know it's going to be hot. We ought to know that. It's been sticky and humid hot the last few days. And you'd think, being from Florida, I I would have that in my blood. But no, I've lost all tolerance to humidity. It's been like a shock for our family, too, just returning from a beach vacation in San Diego. Just 82 degrees there today, I think, not to make you feel bad. You just got back from there, didn't you? In the summer heat... Especially when I find myself driving around town, whether I'm visiting somebody or running an errand or taking the kids somewhere, even just driving home from church, by the time I get in the house, I'm covered with sweat. Thanks for the visual, I know. But you, you want to get in and you want to change clothes as soon as possible, right? Just get it all off. The sweaty shirt and the jeans come off. Stick with me here. The comfy house clothes go on. You know you do it. It's a powerful moment when you get in the door and the weight of the world just gets stripped off. 
symbolized here by the clothes on the floor. It gets shed, and this peace of being home in this safe place, a cool place, I hope, uh, comes. Certainly a privilege not all enjoy these days. Some might just be facing air conditioner issues. Others do not experience that peace of a safe place to live. It's a task just to endure, to persevere, just to live some days. So I'm reminded daily to pray for those who work outdoors, all those just trying to survive. So I'm grateful to Pastor Matt who shared last week, who finished this message by sharing how this letter of 1 Peter invites us to play the game as if we've already won. In Christ we have already been welcomed into God's victory for the whole world. In Jesus, it is encouragement. And this letter was written as an encouragement to people uh, who were suffering, a community that was suffering and was persecuted, that was on the margins of the society at the time, in the region we would know today as Turkey. It was likely a message that was hard to hear for so many, but life-giving to those who were fighting for their lives every day. And we'll hear more next week about suffering and about how this at-risk community was to engage their faith even while they were facing threats. We are reminded here in this letter of 1 Peter that we have been born anew. And this second chapter begins with the call to rid yourselves, therefore, of all malice, guilt, insincerity, envy, that's a tough one, and slander. And the Greek word here, is apostasy, apostasy, okay? It's stripping off, as in one's clothing. Make sense? We are encouraged to get rid of that stuff, to be something other than what the world has made us, to shed that skin, to be formed by God's word, just as an infant is nourished by their mother's milk. So we strip off that stuff that doesn't help us grow, that the world teaches us, that we think we need just to get by sometimes. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow into salvation. If you are lactose intolerant, we do have some sorbet and sherbet and things like that, but don't worry about that. This word, this milk that we're talking about is God's word. That pure, unadulterated, undefiled, that good stuff. That thing we turn to that gives us all that we really need, all that is truly vital for us. God's word, we return to the foundation. When we take the time to focus on the word, as we gather for Bible study or in personal devotions and spiritual practices and disciplines, Gathering with the faithful on a regular basis, that's so important, right? we got to show up. Gathering with the faithful, we find our focus shifting. Away from ourselves, away from all the pains of the world that we carry around with us, and onto the love and promises of God that help us to endure. Onto the ways we can be of service to others and to the mission and ministry that we share for the sake of our neighbors. We strip off all that old stuff and remember that we are new. And we will be encouraged and relieved of our burdens and comforted by God when we intentionally and consistently return to the word. 
We need to, man. We need to because the world is a difficult place to be. Just about every day I get to speak with the guys who show up for our senior meal program here in every afternoon. And they get here around noon. You know, the meal is served at two, but that's okay. Because they're on a bus schedule. They got to get here when they can. They got to get here when the buses run. So thanks to you who bring donations, we're able to hand out some cold water as the heat beats down on all of us. And they get to know Mary and Alfie and I as they're hanging out and they share their stories often through tears of loss and physical injuries and broken relationships and former lives and careers that seemed to have disappeared with the passing years. We saw signs of similar struggles in, in downtown San Diego this week. We see it here too, but tents pitched just outside the city housing commission and a growing population of people living unsheltered there on the streets. It's up 10% just since the beginning of the year. And the same is happening in our city. Right? Tony was just talking about it, right? Others are suffering from underemployment, loneliness, grief, physical and mental illness, and more people are suffering out there. And none of us were ever promised a life free from suffering. Did somebody promise you that? No, I hope not. But for so many, it seems harder just to live, just to get by. So it is encouraging when we hear this letter that followers of Christ are named as living stones. Well, it's good that we're living. That's good. But stones, what is that about? Sounds like an oxymoron, like jumbo shrimp or organized chaos, a deafening silence. Psalm 118 proclaims the Messiah as the stone the builders rejected. And for us, that stone is Jesus. Jesus Christ, the living word who is the rock, who is the foundation of our faith and is the builder at work in us. I found out this week also the descendants of some of those first ones to follow Christ, Palestinian Christians in Israel, are known by the name Living Stones, having been cut from that same rock of faith. They are ones who know about perseverance, about suffering, enduring hardships just in their daily life. And you'll meet them if you get to visit the Holy Land. They are often the shopkeepers and artisans selling items to the pilgrims who take that journey. Living stones. Makes me think of this building. And as every week as we gather here in this place to worship God on this corner, I'm reminded of the ones who built it so many years ago. In 1956, and you can go outside here just around the corner and see the dedication in the building that reminds us of all that has been entrusted to us. Yes, this building, but more than that, this community and this mission to share the heart of Christ in the heart of the city. And it reminds me that the builder is still at work here, still doing something new, still transforming lives, still inviting people in to hear this life-giving word. We're still going. Even with a new name and some new faces, new energy, new opportunities to reach even beyond our geographical borders through the internet. Okay. Encouraging others to lift high the cross, to create space for others to be built up into this body of Christ here. It is a blessing and a gift 
And despite the challenges we all face in our life together, in our personal lives, we are reminded that because of the call that God has placed on each of our hearts, we are formed together in faith to be living stones, to be a holy priesthood, a royal and chosen people for a mission. To worship and learn and to bless each other and to grow as disciples, as people who work for justice and peace in the world. We too are called to be living stones, being built up in love to know Christ more every day. Maybe we were something different. Maybe we were sheep going astray, but we hear the shepherd's voice and we come running. We return to that word that gives us life and we're reminded of who we really are. So put on that name tag and be reminded. You can tell Mary to put your name on there. Maybe you'll even just put child of God, chosen, holy, a royal priesthood. Maybe that's your name. It says so here. We're reminded that we are called this for a purpose, to go and tell our stories as part of the great story and to proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light that all the world may know the love of God through our Savior Jesus. Amen.